and we're back with another episode of the Good Newscast. Great to have you listening. This will be an interesting episode, I do believe. I uh, think so too, but Jeff and I were just going back and forth talking about this. What we're going to talk about today, if you listened to the podcast last week, the episode last week, we talked about how do we approach God? Uh, that's obviously a massive question, but particularly we're asking in terms of do we approach God personally with great formality um, or casually? Do we approach him just totally soberly stunned by his majesty or do we approach him safe and confident and almost childish like his children? Yeah. Childish, not childish in a, in a, uh, I'm, I'm, I am a child approaching a father who I'm safe with and who yeah. loves me. That's what I mean. So we talked about personally today. We're going to talk about it in terms of worship, in terms of a Sunday morning in particular, what should a Sunday morning at church feel like in its approach to worship and its approach to God and kind of same question. Should a Sunday morning worship service in its approach to worship feel, you know, highly formal and structured, don't deviate from the plan. Um, You know, you could think of maybe like people have called it high church. Like uh, you might think of an Episcopal uh, church service, or of course, like a Catholic mass, this real formal, this real high church feeling, or, should church be very casual? Mm-hmm. Um, you might think of like, uh, I don't know, more charismatic church service where they didn't even pick the songs before they started singing them. Right. You know, it's like spontaneous music's been, being made up on the spot and, you know, microphones scattered throughout the service for folks to come up and speak. Spontaneous and, prayer. Right. Like there's not much of a plan and it's very casual. Um, that sort of thing. Should it be a mix somewhere in between? Now, let me just say, as I give a little bit longer introduction into this, and then before I hit record, I said, we'll start talking and see if something coherent comes out. Hopefully this works. If you're listening to this, uh, this is we think it worked. Yeah. We think we were coherent. Uh-huh. Um, in our world, I would say we tend, in our world, we are a PCA church. We're a Presbyterian church. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, generally speaking, I would say our services, you're not going to come in and go, wow, that was really high church like... Uh, like a, a an Episcopal service, right? Um, you're not going to go and say, "Well, that was really low church." Like, and maybe it's a caricature. I'm saying of like a a charismatic church or something like that with not much structure. Home church or a home church, something yeah. like that, right? Generally speaking, you're probably going to come there. You're, it's going to be somewhere in between. In our Presbyterian world, you're gonna there's going to be reading and responses during the service. Yeah, scripture reading, stand for this scripture reading. Um, hymns music may be played in a really old school old-fashioned way there could be an organ um more so maybe like just a piano and vocalist but then in others you might have like ours you might be trending towards more trying to pull off a modern sound drums keys whatever mm-hmm. um so in our world it might be a little bit of a mixture however this is what i would say um, I would say in my limited experience, we tend to err on the side of more formality, structure, don't deviate from the plan, fairly packed services in terms of like our liturgy and order. And by yeah. packed, I mean, there's a lot being said in terms of long readings, longer long readings, a lot of reading and responses. Like yeah. you're going to say and hear a lot of stuff. Maybe long explanations about each part of the service, stuff like that. Even before you do this, you know, we do a affirmation of faith. There might be a long explanation before it. What is an affirmation of faith? So yeah. you might end up leaving a service going, 
man, that was borderline tiring. Yeah. You know, I heard a lot. I did a lot. I, there were long prayers. Um, 10 things to think about in the affirmation, like stunning things, right? (laughs) I can't keep it all together. I can't think about it all. Yeah. Then I heard a 42 minute sermon that parsed out Greek and Hebrew. Uh Didn't even know Greek was a language. You know, what are we talking about? Eight lines to a hymn. So, um, So with that being said, I'm, I'm saying that to say that's kind of our world and our context that we're talking from, which can obviously shape kind of our perspective and what we might emphasize in this conversation. Um, and generally speaking, I would say our services in our PCA world can trend more towards the sobriety feeling. Yeah. Um, less formal. Some church services you go to, you can tell that the emphasis is on joy and excitement. Yeah. And we want to have joy and excitement in the Lord. The pitfall there sometimes can be, well, life can also hurt and people can come in with great suffering, great burdens, and they can feel like you don't see them. Or maybe there's nothing in the Bible for them if it's all excitement and joy and smiles. Yeah. Ours can tend towards the other way where you might leave going, is there any joy in Christianity or yeah. is it only sober-minded intellectualism? Okay. Now that I've offended... Usually it's called fear and reverence, Colin. Yes. Is there only fear and reverence? All right. Now that I have unintentionally, truly, I feel like as I'm talking, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is... And I don't mean to. It's unintentional. But um, that's our world. That's where we're coming from. I'll let you, Jeff, talk about approaching God on a Sunday morning, a worship service. Why do we do what we do? You can maybe talk about the gospel logic of our services, and then we'll just kind of riff. Yeah. So last week we said, yes, God is majestic and God is merciful. He's not two gods. There's not two tracks. There's not two messages. He's both. Uh, So there needs to be both. And then God has made this incredible world uh, that reflects the wonders of who he is, his glory, it's his fame, it's him put on display, he sees himself in it, and then he has this image bearer the which he sees more of himself in us than he does in a tree. Um, so that means that there's a greater calibration, there's like a, a, a greater... Uh, scale of response and ability to reflect God and ability for God to see himself. So there's a greater emotional response. There's a greater, that, that could be on a scale, right? Anywhere from that, what you just said, what the, the joy uh, to the sobriety, right? And, and all kinds of, you look at the Psalms and you see uh, the wonder of, of God being majestic and merciful in Christ and a whole spectrum of human conditions and human uh, responses, a whole spectrum of that in light of that. So, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it's healthy to focus on one response or one aspect of the human response to God, like, you know, be silent and have reverence and fear mm-hmm. and uh, be more uh, formal and sober. Because uh, that obviously the scripture doesn't do that. I mean, every I mean, scripture has praising and rejoicing and um, shouts 
and loud. Uh, so that right away, the, the spectrum is expanded. So even as we're talking here, it would do well for all of us to look at our worship services, those of us that are church leaders, and say, are, are we grasping uh, the, the full spectrum of God's majesty and mercy uh, in the service? in its forms mm-hmm. and is the the spectrum of the human condition uh that's fallen and broken in this world and being reached and renewed and put back together again uh with joy and repentance all being there at the same time is all of that also uh made space for and room for in our forms mm-hmm. and how we're doing our, our service so mm-hmm. one of the things that that's helpful in our tradition and i think is what we're trying to do is there's something called the gospel logic and that just kind of loosely structures our service. So the gospel logic is, is you start with the majesty and the massiveness of who God is. Uh, and that, that is more of his supremacy and his glory in terms of his massiveness. Uh, there's mercy obviously in there as well, but the emphasis is at that point on, the knowledge of God in his majesty, which moves then to the next logic of the gospel, to the reality of who we are before him as sinners. Calvin would have said, knowing God and knowing yourself are the two great knowledges. And if you truly know yourself, you know God. If you're knowing God, you're knowing yourself. They're not divided. They're not two camps. Again, they're intertwined and connected. And then you move into intentional forms uh, in that that confessional honesty before God, a real self-awareness, awareness of who we are as creatures, awareness of who we are as sinful creatures, and that next logic, logic two, right? The renewal part, uh, supremacy, renewal, and then immediately moving, and even each of these have bleeding over into the other, obviously, we're not siloed. But then there's the logic of good news, sheer good news, the grace of God in Christ in word and sacrament. And that's where preaching and the sacraments come in. And, and then kind of the final logic is being blessed and sent out uh, now that you've rested in Jesus uh, for the millionth time and had the gospel go to the unevangelized areas of your life, uh, your own heart, in your relationships, in your work. And you, in a sense, are spoken back to life again. You now are like energized and blessed to go work, to go into the world and go into your calling and go into your marriage and go into your home and go into your school and and go into wherever God has you to continue to learn to build your messy life and um, work and play around Jesus and his salvation. So that for us gives us a a framework uh, by which to think about forms to have in each of those cycles of those logic of the gospel forms that that um, generally speaking fit that kind of logic of the gospel but we also know that again as we were talking earlier there's just such a tendency for all of us, because we're all control freaks, and it doesn't change when you become a Christian, and it doesn't change when you get a bunch of church leaders together that, you know, everybody wants to know where God's at work. Everybody wants God to work, and there's a tendency that we can kind of move in 
to control how we think God works. I mean, the whole Second Great Awakening was built on much of that. These are the ways that we know God has worked. The ancients bench, this praying this mm-hmm. prayer, raising this hand, having music that can move, right? And we get all off on everybody today that does it, but that's, and we should. Um, but that does happen. Mm-hmm. And I think um, maybe lightening the control a little bit and thinking that, you know, somebody uh, that's in the renewal cycle that's confessing their sin could be incredibly joyful and, mm-hmm. and feeling this real sense of relief and freedom and rejoicing while someone next to them could be weeping right. and having this honest appraisal of realizing how much God loves them and that they've hurt the one that loves them. I mean, so there's a, again, we we have we have intentionality and we want those in our forms, but we're also not saying, you know, we're in control of how mm-hmm. God's working through this form and this way in these expressions in the worship service. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think one, I think to drill down even more specifically from that macro to... Uh, on the ground is, um, you know, I think one thing we try to do at Redeemer that I think, uh, I think can be maybe misinterpreted. Um, I think it's on the one hand, I'll hear people talk about appreciate, appreciating it, um, is that we do try to be, so our, our, we, we try to be simple a lot of times. And this is what I mean. Our service is more structured than your typical American church. I'm going to guess to a certain degree. Like if you were to just pick like 10 gospel preaching churches, you know, committed to God's word, it might be a Baptist, it might be an Episcopal church, it might be whatever, non-denominational. We're probably going to be more structured in terms of the movement and what's going on, you know? So we've got a call to worship, then we've got a song and then a prayer and then an affirmation of faith and then a song and then confession, silent confession, hope of the gospel. And we've got 15, 20 different movements and aspects in our service. Okay. Standing, sitting. It's a full piece of paper order of worship that we follow. Um, And I think that one thing we try to do with that is, and this maybe isn't the best way to say it, but but make sure that we know that it's human, that that it's not a piece of paper order of worship that comes on Sunday to worship God, but it's humans. Exactly what you just said uh, in terms of like during the confession of sin, um, it someone may be just so burdened um, while someone else feels the joy and relief of confessing their sin to God. Um, and I think what we try to do is is mix up that reality in at least two different ways. One is that a part of our liturgy on a given Sunday may be very um, uh, full intellectually, and it's like you're gonna you're gonna need to take I'm gonna need to take the the liturgy piece of paper home with me, the bulletin, and like think about that, you yeah. know. And there's a lot there. But then other times we want to, it may be, you know, we confess our sin and then we hear the hope of the gospel. And a part of the hope of the gospel is like the response is like, Jesus, thank you for your grace. Couldn't get more simple and straightforward. And so there's this, there's this reality that sometimes we need overwhelming, hard to understand to a certain degree in the moment, all that was just said in that verse Right. And then there are other times that we desperately need for God to love the world that he sent his only son. Yeah. You know, as simple and straightforward. And sometimes we, 
we naturally pray this elaborate prayer about God's stunning nature. And then sometimes the only thing we can eke out is, you know, like I was saying last week, God help me. Yeah. God, I love you. God, thank you. And so I think in the same way that that's how we personally approach God as humans who are riding this roller coaster of life emotionally, intellectually, in every single way. I want our Sunday service to reflect that to a certain degree. Yeah. Hey, we know that this room is full of humans and we know that if we, um, that, that if from the stage, and I know I'm getting kind of detailed here, but if, but if from the stage and what we do doesn't communicate that we know that, I think we can miss a lot of people and be disconnected. And it's like, man, that whole service was one emotional tone mm. of just joy. And I feel like they don't understand that in the Christian life, there's this thing called sobriety. And not that sobriety lacking joy, but um, that, man, I just feel more like sober-minded right now. Um, I, I, maybe I even feel, you know, stricken, convicted by my sin. And I nothing Reflective. in this Sunday service yeah. said, oh, yeah, that's a part of the Christian life. That's a part of your worship this morning. And so I want our services to reflect all of that, that, mm. that we are humans coming before God from different places with different things going on. And... And we are humans coming together to worship God. It's, it's hard for me to explain this, but like, I think before we were recording, I was saying, you know, maybe we're quoting the Apostles' Creed. Yeah. You'll, you'll do things like this much more than me. But it's like, we may get to the part where it says like, and he, Jesus descended into hell. And rather than just going, what's on the paper is the Apostles' Creed. We just got to finish it and move on to the next piece of the service. There may be this moment that just kind of hits you where you go, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, before we finish the Apostles' Creed, can I just make a quick comment about this? You know, and we're doing this from the stage. What does it mean that Jesus descended to hell? I know that, I know that as we're confessing this together, seventy-five percent of this room just got confused. Right? It's like recognizing we're humans. Yeah. Like coming together to worship, and it's okay to kind of deviate. Yeah. Um, it's like to yes, humans, and so that that is a great, great example, and it. And maybe even more um, of adding to that is recognizing that as a human, um, you have a multiplicity of uh, emotional responses Mm -hmm. and a multiplicity of ways in which God is impacting and at work in you, right? That Mm -hmm. you're not just monotoned, you're multisyllabled as a human being. There's... I mean, there's a reason why just even the Bible comes in all these different literary forms, which are like buckets that that carry the water of the word to us. There's story, there's there's poetry, mm-hmm. uh, there's history, there's just sheer argument, right? Mm-hmm. Proposition one, proposition two, pure propositions. Um, there's apocalyptic where the visual uh, is just so, you know, that today's generation would love it, but we we need to acknowledge that that's what's happening. And so given the full spectrum, given that uh, we're not mono anything as human beings, that we're multi as human beings, I just think that maybe needs to be said sometimes. Mm -hmm. If you're always droning, Mm -hmm. um, if you're always monotone, if you're always serious, uh, that's that's not healthy. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly not, Christianity, Mm -hmm. and it's certainly not the Bible. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Uh, I'm sure a lot more could be said because we're not, you know, this even opens up the the whole topic of even like, why do we do what we do in our service, which maybe we could cover that in another uh, episode. You know, why do we have confession of sin? Why do we have affirmation? This is more about how it comes out, how it's delivered, how it plays out um, on the ground. And hopefully the experience at Redeemer um, is that... Uh, is that we are coming before God together as a church made up of people who are receiving God's grace and coming from all over the place and uh, and and rallying around these realities, you know, these truths, um, but it can look different and feel different. And we want our service to, to at least communicate that and connect with people in those different places that they might be at mm-hmm. and not feel just one dominant you know, emotional tone or, or whatever it might be. So, um, anyway, uh, next week we've got a bunch of different, uh, um, topics. I haven't mentioned this to you yet, but this is what I'm interested to talk Sweet. about next week is confession of sin. Particularly, is there a way for Christians to appropriately confess their sin to one another? And is there a way for Christians to inappropriately confess their sins to one another? So, now that I've said it, that's what we're doing. It, that sounds amazing, but that doesn't reflect anything that's happening in the. Not at all. Right Not at all. Yeah. All right, until next week. See ya.